Hi, and welcome to our show, Forever Paranormal, with your host, Dr. Bill and Ed, where we will discuss such things as cryptids, UFOs, hauntings, angels, unsolved mysteries, government conspiracies and cover-ups, witchcraft, the metaphysical, and more, as well as stories sent in by you, our listeners. If we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. And you may be surprised by what all is connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Just reach out. Hi, Deb. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. So, are you ready to talk about goats, spies, and third eyes today? That sounds very weird, but sure. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode, where we are going to discuss clairvoyance and telekinesis in the form of some U.S. government projects, all sponsored from black money funds and mostly run through private companies. Remote viewing has always been around and is called by various names in various paranormal circles. But how in the heck did the U.S. government get involved? You have to remember that this was during the height of the Cold War with the Soviet Union. The Soviets were using a program called Psychotronic between 1969 and 1971 and was spending approximately 60 million rubles a year on it. Of course, the CIA figured that due to the excessive amount of money they were spending, the Soviets must have had an understanding and gotten results, and there was no way they were going to miss out on an an opportunity to spy in the Soviets in like manner. What is remote viewing, by the way? Remote viewing is a form of clairvoyance or telepathy where a person can sit, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth as we go through, where a person can sit here and be given a set of coordinates someplace that they don't even know where it's at, and they'll be able to see what's there and write it down on a piece of paper or tell about it. And what is psychotronic? That's funny that the Soviets use the term psychotronic because it's actually the definition of a genre of like science fiction movies and scary movies and horror movies and things like that. Um, and so it's kind of funny that that was the term that was used for them was psychotronic. Remote viewing research first started in 1970 with two physicists, Russell Targ and Harold Putoff at SRI, which stands for Stanford Research Institute. It was in their bioengineering department using researchers from, par- from the parapsychology department and quickly grew to include other institutes like the American Society for Psychical Research in New York City, the Parapsychology Foundation, and the Institute of Noetic Sciences as they provided the private funding. This all changed in 1975 when the CIA launched the Stargate program using some of their own people but running it through SRI with Targ and Putoff at the helm. What did the researchers do at SRI? They 
practice telekinesis and they put protocols together on how to do things and uh, clairvoyance and they set up all the foundations of the of how things were going to be done and they proved that it was true and useful and what about the stargate project what is that the stargate project is what the u.s government called their attempt to get into it and uh, use military people so on and so forth I don't have any idea what noetic means, so what is, what is noetic sciences? For lack of a better term right now, noetic science is to look into the paranormal and clairvoyance and telepathies and things like that. It's a science based on truth not understood within the universe. If Targ and Putoff are to be considered the fathers of what we know as remote viewing, then we definitely need to mention the most proficient remote viewers we are aware of at this time. Ingo Swan, who was a psychic and a artist, Pat Price, who was a journalist, and Joseph McMonagall, who was an Army intelligence officer, and then Courtney Brown, who is the founder of Farsight Institute, who trains remote viewers. We could do a complete episode just on these folks alone. The Army joined the game in 1978 under its intelligence branch with Grill Flame, was located in Fort Meade, Maryland, and consisted of soldiers and some civilians who were believed to have varying degrees of natural psychic abilities. The SRI was integrated into the program in 1979, and in 1983, the program was renamed INSCOM Center Lane and started using testing protocols established by Ingo Swan and Harold Putoff. What is grill flame? Where did that term come from? Um, not completely sure, but it had something to do with guerrilla warfare and being able to do things remotely, something that the government was really looking into. They, they did all kinds of crazy stuff back in the 70s and 80s. Can you explain the testing protocols they used? I know some of them, um, and they did things like making sure that whatever the target was, that whoever was in the room with the remote viewer, or like their handler or whatever, had neither one of these people had any idea of what they were looking for. Um, they made sure that there was no way that, to, that things were leaked to them. It got to the point where they received a set of coordinates in a sealed envelope, and that's all they knew about their target. And they were able to remote view from that. During a period of more than two decades, over $20 million was spent on Stargate, and related activities, with $11 million budgeted from the mid-1980s to the early 1990s. Over 40 personnel worked in the program at various times, including approximately 23 remote viewers. At its peak during the mid-1980s, the program included as many as seven full-time viewers and as many analytical and support personnel. Three physicists supposedly worked for the CIA, or three psychics, excuse me, supposedly worked for the CIA at Fort Meade 
from 1990 through July of 1995. The three most popular techniques used were CRV, which stands for Coordinate Remote Viewing, the original SRI-developed technique in which viewers were asked what they saw at specified geographic coordinates as they were only given longitude and latitudes in sealed envelopes provided by a third party not working with the, rem with the remote viewers. They used ERV, which is Extended Remote Viewing, a hybrid relaxation meditation-based method where, again, they were provided with coordinates only. The last that they used is WRV, which stands for Written Remote Viewing. It's a hybrid of both channeling and automatic writing and was introduced in 1988, though it proved controversial and was regarded by some as much less, less reliable. Can you explain how these work in layman's terms? Sure. Uh, coordinate remote viewing is where they are given the envelope and there's a set of coordinates in their longitude and latitude. And they use universal consciousness to find that location and mm -hmm. see what's there. Extended remote viewing is when the psychic or the person doing the viewing needs to go into a trance in order to do that. Um, sometimes they got to take yourself in a meditative trance or this or that. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen examples of that on some different shows and, and things like that. Okay. And the last is the written remote viewing, which is uh, through channeling and the paranormal, and it's like automatic writing, like you've seen on some ghost shows and stuff. Like they're just scribbling but not looking at the paper right. or something? Right, and then words are coming out and stuff oh. like that. So they're drawing pictures that way or they're writing down things that are seen. So that explains it in pretty easy terms. Yeah. Here are some of the accomplishments from Stargate, which include Joe McMonigle, the retired Special Project Intelligence Officer, claims to have left Stargate in 1984 with a Legion of Merit Awards for providing information on 150 targets that were unavailable from other sources. I know I can personally tell you that his books on remote viewing, they're pretty good reads. Then in 1974, a remote viewer appeared to have correctly described an airfield with a large gantry and crane at one end of the field. The airfield at the given map coordinates ended up being the Soviet nuclear testing area at Semiplantics. Most of the data provided by the viewer was later considered unreliable as it could not be verified. Yeah. The Soviets don't just let anybody into their underground nuclear testing sites <laughs> to verify if the remote viewer was correct, right? Really? <laughs> <laughs> then a remote viewer located a Soviet Tu-95 bomber, which had crash, crashed in Africa, allowing the U.S. to beat the Soviets to the wreck and recover the technology and data. This made international news. This, this was a big deal. Um, and this is this one right here. I'm, I'm gonna jump out of order a little bit. This right here is what pretty much ended the black fund money, military, and government's outwardly participation in remote viewing because President Jimmy Carter got on national television and told everybody in the world that they had paid psychics on their payroll and used psychics to find that airplane. 
then all of a sudden people found out where all their money was going and started having a fit. So you mean they're no longer transparent? There's different programs and different black fund monies now. These had to end because they became public. Oh. Mm. In September 1979, the National Security Council staff asked about a Soviet submarine under construction. The remote viewer, who ended up being military's Joe McMonagle, reported that a very large new submarine with 18-20 missiles, launch tubes, and a large flat area at the aft would be launched in 100 days. Well, in fact, two subs, one with 24 launch tubes and the other with 20 launch tubes and a large flat aft deck, were reportedly sighted by satellite in 120 days after he claimed this. One assignment included locating kidnapped Brigadier General James L. Dozier, who had been kidnapped by the Red Brigades in Italy in 1981. He was freed by Italian police after 42 days, apparently without the help from the psychics, according to news reports. The Italian police were assisted by U.S. State and Defense Department specialists using electronic surveillance equipment and apparent reference to the Special Collection Service. So yeah, they use psychics. Another assignment included trying to hunt down Gaddafi before the 1986 bombing of Libya. But Gaddafi was not injured in the bombing, so everybody considered that one a failure. However, think about this. His son was killed. I would have to count that one as a success, as they did locate a Gaddafi and kill him. I guess. <laughs> Then in February 1988, DIA, Defense Intelligence Agency, asked where Marine Corps Colonel William Higgins was being held in Lebanon. He was one of the kidnapped prisoners there. A remote viewer stated that Higgins was in a specific building in a specific South Lebanon village. And later on, a released hostage later said to have claimed that Higgins had been in that building at that time. So they didn't go because they didn't believe the psychic to save the man. He died. He was killed. But later on, somebody that was a prisoner there verified that, yeah, that guy was there. That psychic was correct. Did he die there? Yeah, he was killed. The use of clairvoyance or ESP is called the third eye or mind's eye by many and is said to be a part of the Anjana Chakra. This is a very strong practice in almost all Eastern religions. What is the Ajna Chakra? The Ajna Chakra is your pituitary gland. It's your third eye. It's right between, it's located in the middle of your brain and the center of your brain, right between your eyes. And that is what all your Eastern religions and stuff consider the chakra for the third eye, telekinesis, or telekinesis all your psychic powers comes from that. And we supposedly have calcified it over from non-use and so on and so forth. And with proper meditation and training, your third eye can be opened back up. But they say once you do that, it can never be closed again, and it can be very horrifying at times. So be careful what you wish for. Exactly, because sometimes you see shit that you don't want to see. Mm. Now, I know you're probably still wondering... Okay, so the title of the episode had goats in it. Yeah. What does goats have to do with it? 
Well, let me tell you, we're not talking about the greatest of all time, which people refer to as goats nowadays. We're talking about actual goats. Even though the military says that most of what was brought out to the public in John Ronson's book, an associated movie starring George Clooney named The Men Who Stare at Goats, is mostly fiction, the author disagrees. And interestingly, so does a lot of the people that participated in the military program. Did the author have some qualifying reason to disagree? Was he part of an experiment or something? He was not part of the experiment, but he sure interviewed a lot of the people that were involved in it, including the man that started it for the government, because he's still active in it. Well, then how would he be able to talk about it? Because he's no longer part of the military, but he still runs classes and seminars on what they were doing when they were in the military. And we're going to talk about that a little bit farther down, about how the military is kind of still into it. They just, again, once things become public, they transfer it out to another name. They change the program. That black fund money goes away on that one, and it starts up under something else. Here are some facts as we know them. This was all part of the government's work in the paranormal, along with Stargate from the 1970s through the 1980s. The work was again based out of Fort Meade in Maryland and was to study the human potential of intelligence gathering and other paranormal capabilities to enhance operational effectiveness. The goat stairs are supposedly part of a special forces unit named the 1st Earth Battalion and were based in Fort Bragg, North Carolina at the Goat Lab. All of this training is part of an actual military unit manual called the 1st Earth Battalion Operations Manual. Somewhere along the line, Colonel John B. Alexander, an intelligence officer, was involved with the group and confirmed to ABC News that they were not participating in remote viewing, but the paranormal. But I thought remote viewing was considered paranormal. It is, but it's two different programs. And I think he was just making a clarification that it was not the same program. Oh. This group is the one who experimented most heavily with the paranormal. They were doing the new age things that some soldiers brought back from other wars, especially in Vietnam, where they observed many of the Eastern traditions in training. They were looking at esoteric ideas in training. Some of the supposed training included a martial arts technique called Dim Mok, or the Death Touch, and was supposedly used to kill a goat. Attempts to become invisible, walk through walls, read minds, and bend spoons. Were they successful in any of that? Um, Bending spoons, killing a goat. Yeah, one was verified as being killed. And... um, As far as going through walls or becoming invisible, no, that was never proven. Um, But there are some pretty good uh, documentaries out there with some of these former soldiers talking about it. Mm -hmm. They tried to do this stuff. I mean, they they were really, they were really into it. You know, the power of the mind. But then you've got to think about this for a minute. We know that our government has a history of only telling partial truths providing only partial information. Remote viewing 
telekinesis to kill goats or whomever, right? Mm -hmm. if, they can, if they can get the technique down to kill a goat, then they can assassinate whoever they want, the CIA, mm. by this method. So it wasn't about a goat. Then they had things by, about UFOs, aliens, and Sasquatch. How much about this do we still not know? They must know something since they still run the PSYOPs through the Airborne School. PSYOP is where they go after people's minds. You know, they use radio, they use media, they use papers. They blast um, Barney's I Love You, You Love Me song at prisoners 24-7 to break them down mentally. The PSYOP program is still hard in use, you know. And um, during the beginning of the Afghan war, that's the program that got called out for the way they were torturing prisoners. I mean, they were torturing them, you know, so. And, and then, you know, another thing to keep in mind is it doesn't matter if we're talking about UFOs or the paranormal, but somewhere along the line, the government always involves a private contractor to do this work with our government. Why is this? Well, I believe it's because the Freedom of Information Act does not pertain to the private sector or businesses. In other words, they ha can't tell you anything. They won't tell you anything. So the government can take the black funds and hide what they're doing from everybody. And you can fill out all the Freedom of Information Act paperwork you want to. They don't have to tell you anything because it's not through the government per se. If you'd like to learn more on this subject, then there are some really great books and documentaries out there. You just need to go find them. I know one that is really good is called Third Eye Spies, and it's on uh, Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's got Russell Targ and Harold Putoff and everybody in it. So that would be one that I would suggest. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of the episode. So thanks for listening. And until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode, and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com, and if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode.